0: The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Can we lift our hands and give God worship and praise in two minutes? Give Him thanks. Thank God for Kingsword everywhere. Thank God for 2017. Thank Him for January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December. And thank Him much more for 2018 that is just um, around the corner. We give you praise, we give you worship. And thank him for your own portfolio, as it were, your ministry, your area of expertise, your assignment, especially if you are part of this great ministry, that part that God has given you to uphold. Give him thanks for it. You might not be where you want to be, but you're not where you used to be. Give him thanks. Only the grateful can experience greatness, and only the grateful can sustain greatness. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, we want to thank you for this great ministry, standing strong, impacting the world. Thank you for the leadership. Thank you for this great conference. We trust you to open our eyes to new chapters. Lord, many have come with questions in their hearts. I pray that this session, we answer them in Jesus' name. We give you praise and glory. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Someone shouted amen. Please put your hands together for Jesus as we get seated. Praise the Lord. Um, I'm glad to be here. I mentioned to Pastor Tony this morning that I think I was 20 years old or 19. When this church started, maybe I was in part two in effect or something. And it's amazing to see what God has done through the hands of Dr. K and Pastor May. I'm glad to see Pastor May at this beautiful morning. You're looking so beautiful, Ma. Thank you, Dr. K. Uh, we celebrate you for your consistency and then for sticking to the message that God gave you. That's very rare in our generation. That's supernatural message the message of the Spirit and the Word. And that's kept this ministry unique and strong. And for yielding to global impact in terms of um, going beyond where you are headquartered to other continents, ministering the Word, that's very rare. We thank God for you, sir, and we celebrate God's hands upon you. We trust God that the next few decades, this function will grow stronger. In the name of Jesus Christ. Let's put our hands together for Dr. May and Pastor Mayowa. Uh, thank you so much. And then Pastor Tunde and Pastor Oinda, uh, beautiful friends. Uh, thank you for all the things we ate in your home. Uh, we ate a lot in your home. So I have guys that come to our own home now. And when they're eating and I'm feeling so, my God said, you are reaping the harvest. I mean, when they mount the rice and everything in our homeland, that's what you did to Pastor Tunde and his family. So what you sow you reap. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I appreciate all the senior leaders of Kingswood. I said to Pastor Tunde, I count it an awesome privilege to speak at this conference. There are a thousand and one people that could have been standing here this morning. I celebrate the privilege to stand here to minister. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Um Everything Rises and Falls on Leadership. Please, my voice is a bit uh, squeaky. I had it very intensive last two weeks. So in case, this is not the real voice. Uh-huh. I, I hope our sound guys will keep helping me to fine-tune it. Can you hear me clearly? Is it clear? Yeah. Oh, yeah. praise God. Everything Rises or Falls on Leadership. Uh, before I left Ife, the Holy Spirit came to me and unfolded the mystery of leadership. And that has helped our ministry a whole lot. That nothing gets better until the leader gets better. If you are driving, if you are in a car, traveling from Lagos to Ibadan, for instance, no matter how good a driver you are, if you are not on the steering, you don't make the decisions. The best you can do is to shout on the driver to slow down, to behave. But a lot is determined by the person driving. So if the person's head is not correct, uh, a lot is at stake. So every opportunity I have to speak with pastors, leaders, I count it a huge privilege. Many of us would have turned out better if our parents were better. Nations would be better if the leadership were better. So leadership is either a blessing or a cause. When I say a curse, I mean a limiting factor. The better the leader, the better the organization. The better the leader, the better the team. In our church, when a particular arm is not functioning well, we go for the leadership. It's not the team. And every time you have restructured the leadership, things get better. So I don't know what portfolio you have in your hand. You're heading a team, a unit. You're a parent, a father, or a mother, or a branch pastor. A lot is at stake on your life. You must ask yourself, am I a blessing or am I a limiting factor? So every opportunity for a leader to get better will impact on the lead. Now, let's go further. It's beyond the leader. It is the leadership. The leadership team. A church... A ministry, a department can never grow beyond the quality of the leadership team. So great leaders are very selective in terms of who you bring on the bus. So you find that somebody that was healed, the madman of Gadara, that was healed of uh, madness, <laughs> he said, I want to follow you, Jesus. Just said, No, 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 don't follow me. O. Don't follow me. Go and tell your family what God has done for you. For me, I would have picked him up. This is a great testimony, isn't it? I'll be carrying him around. Ah, anywhere I go for crusade, I'll say, I share your testimony before I preach. You wonder why Jesus will say, Go and meet your family, and then he will say, Task collector, and say, You come and follow me. Any ministry can never grow beyond the leadership team. So I told our pastors recently that our ministry can grow beyond the way you are. So ask yourself, a question. Am I pouring petrol on this thing or fatalizing it? So I said to pastors in Alima Shores some weeks ago, as you enter into a new year, look at your leadership team. It's beyond you. The people around you, are they fatalizing the work or they are slowing down the work? Great leaders are very selective. Jesus was so selective, he picked the man that will betray him properly. That's Judas. And then, you see, the guys with testimonies, he would say, just go and tell your family. Go and pick Luke. He picked Matthew. You now see that they had a role to play in the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It was intentional. The madman of Gadara might not be able to say that. But Luke gave a fantastic account of Christ on earth. Everything rises of force on leadership. Now, why we are thinking about leadership is because it takes collaboration for anything to grow. One is too small to achieve greatness. It takes multiplied hands. So, the core leader or the main leader is often limited in what he can do. So, what God does is to bring people around him that will cater for his deficiencies or, or her deficiencies. So if you don't understand that factor, you might be fighting those who are sent to bless you. There are two models uh, in scriptures. Pharaoh and Joseph. Saul and David. Pharaoh was the king, the leader. Maybe senior pastor. Maybe CEO of a company. But he does not know how to handle recession or economic crisis. And God sent a man called Joseph to him. Of all leaders in scriptures, we need to appreciate that particular Pharaoh. Do you know what it takes to agree and say Joseph must be prime minister? Many of us would not agree. Number one is a convict. Number two, a foreigner. Number three, a slave. He kind of nearly raped your chief of staff's wife, according to what she said. But all those barriers, Pharaoh had to look away from it to appoint Joseph. And the rest is history. You find that Pharaoh had rest. Joseph had rest. And the work was going on. In fact, they managed the time of famine so well that other nations came to feed from Egypt. So I tell pastors especially, there are many things you cannot do. But don't fight the Joseph God sent to you. If you fight that Joseph, that area will be deficient in organization. So you find another king called Saul. King Saul, but cannot fight Goliath. And God sent another man to him called David to help him kill Goliath. And the man did it wonderfully well. He now started fighting David. In fact, he left Philistines and started fighting. So look at Pharaoh. Pharaoh said, Joseph, don't worry, you are the one in charge. Anything you say, that's all works. And everything went well. well. Look at Saul. No, this guy wants to take my throne. I'll be fighting him. And it's supposed to be a blessing. So it's beyond the leader, it's the leadership team. God is sending Joseph's David's across our path in our main ministries, in our branches, organizations, even businesses. I pray we recognize them in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray we recognize them in the name of Jesus Christ. So it takes discernment to know that this person is sent by God to add color, to add blessings to this assignment. So as we prepare for 2018, watch out. There are people that might need to be weeded out for the ministry to make progress. It's an area most people don't like. Jonah was in the ship. And everything stopped because a wrong man was in the boat. One day my pastor said his grandmother was praying for him it was when he was still young that may you not enter a bus as a wrong leg. It just like Because if a wrong leg is in the you know, all kinds of thinking. So Jonah was a wrong man in the boat. So you, so while you are attracting Josephs, you are attracting David. You must also be able to know that this man, this Jonah, that is sleeping in the ship. I need to get him out so we can move forward. Sentiments will keep you from making progress. Sentiments. Jonah told the ship, the, the sailor, that they asked him, "What should we do?" He said, "Throw me out." Ah, he said, well, "We can't throw a human being out. How can we throw a human being out?" Ah, no. So they kept him in the ship, and then the storm was raging worse. And they now had to giddy him out. Giddy is a derivative of Yoruba language. (laughs) They giddy him out and threw Jonah out, and then the storm ceased. Wow. Wow. That's weeding. Any part of him that bears fruits, John 15, verse 2, he prunes. Pruning is weeding. So that it can bear much more fruit. If you don't understand that part of leadership, you'll be carrying donors. And all of you will not be making progress. In leadership, they call it, the love the bad apple. That in a basket, when you have apples, and one apple is not okay, it's bad, you need to move it out to rescue the other apples. Move it out first. If you keep it there, other apples will soon get rotten. I pray God gives us discernment. And then number two thing that will help us in our leadership, people that should prepare for the next season, is humility. Humility. Somebody say humility. Say it louder. Humility. Armed with enough humility, anyone can learn from anybody. It has nothing to do with experience. It has nothing to do with age. Grace is poured out when you walk in humility. There was something we were trying to crack in our church recently. I've been thinking, thinking in the night. And then our daughter, our first daughter, which is like 13 years, just when they tried to have dinner, just made a statement. A simple statement. Daddy, why can't we just do this in church? That statement was the answer. But if I begin to say, uh, how many leadership books have you read? I'm not sure we have the right to choose how our lessons come. That's the main challenge. Everybody will learn if it's a bishop speaking. But I'm not sure scriptures gives us that right to choose how the correction or where the instruction or where the wisdom to come from, I'm not sure. So many are living, one cut out their potential because many things coming their way, they don't like the source. I don't like that, Pastor. So I will hear what he's saying. That guy, when did he start ministry? I can't listen to him. Mm. Even gold is in the mud, gold is gotten from dirty dust, right? The shining gold is gotten from So if you are to choose where gold should come from, ah, it should be a shining place. No, it's in the mud. So answers can come from, I've learned from unspeakable places, Oh, from mentors, or from colleagues, but many, many from younger people. Pride is a killer of leadership. Armed with enough humility, anyone can learn from anybody. It has nothing to do with experience. Grace is poured out when you are humble to learn. There are many things you pray to God in tongues for answers. It can come from TV. It can come from an author that you you are not used to. It can come from any of the sessions in this great conference. But don't allow the vessel to limit your learnings. Age is not equal to wisdom. And then number three, a thing that will help us, and by the way, as I'm teaching you, I'm learning. Amen? So we are all learning. Number three is grit. G-R-I-T. Grit. Grit. Um, the recent research in Harvard, which is already in scriptures anyway, they discovered that it's not the talented or the gifted that are doing well now in the world. In fact, if you allow your giftings and your talents to enter your head, it will slow you down. They discovered that it is the persistent, the stubborn faith man that stays on. (laughs) No wonder Isaac Isaac dug a well. They covered it. He dug another one. They covered it. He kept digging until he said, Now the Lord has made room for us and we shall be fruitful. And you look at the way he was saying it, like it happened with ease. What if he stopped digging the first time? So, for pastors heading ministries, there has to be stubborn determination that what God has sent me will work, must work. No matter the barrier. Stubborn faith. Persistence in your heart. That this thing must work. Lord, you can't let me go. I won't let you go. We are together in this thing. There will be challenges. The higher you go, the heftier the challenge. Uh, in, at a place of ministry, Goodland, some weeks ago, months ago, this year, about 50 ham robbers came one night. 50. Like they came of fellowship. 50. So <laughs> to, to, it was Sunday night looking for an offering of the Sunday service. We've had robbers before. Maybe two. One. Somewhere. 50. Of course, if you're a security man, what will you do? 50. They ransacked everywhere for money but they missed where the money was. Ah, they took 3,000 naira. I'm so, I'm so, it's one of our testimonies this year. We have a crutch in the, in the facility, so the head of the crutch kept some cash somewhere, one we wardrobe. That was the money they saw. They checked and checked. They were angry. Fifty. Sometimes you ask, did they did they do Facebook chat to a gather? Or how did they come how did they come together? Fifty. Success is not for the person that gives up easily. I prayed on Monday, I didn't see something on Wednesday. What's that one? No, you stay until it happens. While you are staying, God will correct you. God will give you some new instruction. But you stay until the saving of the soul. You stay on it. You stay on it. You stay on it. Except you want to be an ordinary leader. You stay on it. Some things you attempt at doing in February, it might not work. You don't give up on it. You don't give up on it. It might happen in December. You stay on it. Greet. Let the devil know that this person will not grieve. you let, let let the devil know you have to convince yourself that i know i'm called god sent me to this particular land to so this assignment it has to work in my hands you you know you wonder how a blind man i, I don't know whether jesus christ didn't hear when he was shouting at first that son of david have mercy upon me didn't he hear at first was jesus that deaf if I when he shouted, all the protocol people went to meet him and said, Shut up, keep quiet. You are disturbing this solemn assembly. The master is moving. Scripture says, he shouted yet the more. That is great. That who is blind inside like me and you. You are telling us you keep quiet. You can see me, Abby. <laughs> but many people, when they caution them like that, they keep quiet. They keep quiet. He shouted the more. And it was that second shout that Jesus responded to. <laughs> and then you wonder, he said, say, come, blind man. And scripture says he's proud. How did he see? Forget that one. How did he know where to go? But you must locate it. So I learned something uh, in, in the New Testament, uh, Gospels especially, that when Jesus leaves the house in the morning, he didn't go out with any list. I don't think there was a list that says, okay, today as I go out, blind Bartimaeus will be healed. Uh, with issue of blood. No, you put your name on the list. He comes out with the anointing to heal mankind, to bless people. But it is those who have grit and stubborn faith that puts their name on the list. And that, I think, is what happens in every generation Whether God has made a list. That woman with issue of blood, you can't tell me she's the only one that has problems. But she's the one that said, "If you like, slap me, Peter or Paul or whatever," and we taught him breaking barriers. All those uh, say, "When you are, in your, when you, are when you are issuing blood, you don't pass through crowd." That's your problem. She went through the crowd and touched him. So every generation, you you put your name on the list by standing stubborn in faith. Some answers will never show up until you remain persistent. How hungry are you? <laughs> I told Pastor Tunde this morning that I'm so unhappy that I'm 40 years old plus. I wish I'm still 27. I don't want to grow I want to remain athletic in the game. To do ministry like I just started yesterday. Oh, yesterday I told our team, let's behave like this church just started yesterday. Not that we have been here for for some years. Let's behave like we just started. How do they behave that they just started? They do crazy things. They want to make a mark, right? They want to make noise. That's the attitude. One day, my pastor said to me, he said, "You must remain consistent." He said, "Many people have fizzled out." And many names have vaporized away. You know the way names vaporize away. You don't just hear anything about that company anymore. There's some companies I knew in area, some big, um, you know, those Leventis, some of them. Just they just vaporized away. Nobody was against them, oh. But Chopra just came for them. Praise the Lord. Leadership team, humility, greet. Grit. Grit. You try it like this. You thought it was going to work. It didn't work. Okay. You cry. You wipe away your tears. You go and navigate again. But it has to work. It must work. They told the man that came to see Jesus Christ. They say ah, the auditorium is full. You can't heal anybody. That uh, You can come back. He so said, no problem. No problem. we will come back. <laughs> How did they come? uh uh-huh. But some of you are so gentle. You call Peter. When is the next supernatural conference? Uh, where is Reverend K preaching next? He says preaching in the band. Okay, what date? You our know, go. Ah! The man talking to them can walk. He said, "You, I can walk." You're telling me that he's They open another man's roof. That's great. And they fell in front. Can you imagine? And Scripture says he saw their faith. Ha! Ah! That's great. All those excuses. I prayed 10 hours. I don't know what's happening. Nothing's happening. That time I have to be 12. Or something must be added to it. But whichever way, we must never give up. And then let's talk about unity. Any ministry that we continue to forge ahead must continue to work in unity. Anything, whether you're head of worship team, head of ushering, head of a branch, every, every any time you see this unity, there will be problems. How good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon Aaron's head flowing down to his bed, then to his skirts, and then everywhere. The anointing flourishes in any ministry where you have unity. It multiplies impact. But unity does not just happen. You can't be a branch pastor of a church here and be preaching something else. You can't be doing that. Come can't be saying, I ah, yeah, yeah, just listen to TDJs. It's, it's firing me, firing me. And they're doing swaracha, you're yeah, doing jigs, please. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no you can't do that a united front the place of unity is a place of blessing every part working to... I'm not saying three days is bad though. Did I say that? I'm saying in a ministry where there's a message given to the general overseer that is the master bread if you're a brand pastor you are helping to distribute that bread you understand for that you can't be doing your own bread separately. We are sharing, we are sharing uh, Victoria Lambre. <laughs> Glory to God. You know, when Apostle Paul was talking about unity, he said every part is important. And in a church, the volunteers they are, well, i talking about workers, they are more effective when you show value for everyone. Most churches People put a lot of focus on those who are on stage. So, everybody wants to appear on stage. How to join the choir? How to join the protocol team? That they will see us following the pastor. They now want to leave the junior church, leave the prayer team that people don't really see. So, every leader must ensure that every part is valued for who they are. So, Paul was saying, Look at the hand now. There's a wristwatch here, you have the ring here, you know, all those parts that you can see. They are the ones that will put many things on. They now appear very important, isn't it? But the ones that you cannot see, like the lungs, the heart, you can't put, can you put ring on your heart? So if I ask you, God forbid, that choose one, your heart or your hands. We don't know. You pick heart, okay. So every leader must ensure that people that are not seen publicly are valued, in fact, by the physiology of man. They are even more important. You might not see the prayer team on stage; they are like the lungs or the heart. But if the pastor that is seen on stage, okay, and that's what the pastor misbehaves and leaves, the prayer team can recreate another one through prayers. Right? They pray it in. Those people in sound that you don't see, they're very powerful people. Value them. If you as a pastor you maltreat them, they can punish you on the Sunday morning. <laughs> I tell you something. They can. They, they. know what to press to make life miserable for you on the Sunday morning. I hope they are hearing me. And ah, you be telling them... <laughs> Is the one or that deal like that. Then you value what I'm doing. Just something too. Like this, like this. If you carry half of people in your junior church, like uh, half of them, and just push them into the service on Sunday morning to join the adults, then you will know what they are doing in that place. Just introduce them. That hundred of you. Yeah, move. Fifty like that. Fifty here. And see how great the service will go. I'm saying that because preaching is not the only thing that makes ministry work. Somebody's in traffic, they must be valued. Somebody's with the kids, they must be celebrated. That attitude enhances unity because sometimes in our church we realize that some people that come on stage, they they maltreat those other people. You see the choir flexing like they are more important than traffic people. They are not more important than them. They are not. They are not. So leadership team, humility, greed, unity. Okay, 21 minutes. Okay, <laughs> I have to be sure of that. And then let's talk about um, excellence. It's something we always talk about. Excellence. Daniel 6:3. Daniel 6.3. Then this Daniel was uh, preferred above all others because an excellent spirit was in him. Excellent spirit. Then this Daniel, that what preferred is the game changer. Preference to stand out requires that you excel at what you do. It's not that uh, people don't like you when they find something better, they show preference. Oh, man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart, isn't it? Now, we used to interpret it as, okay, what matters is the heart. No. That's partial. God looks at the heart, but it's not only God we want in the service now. The man he created, he said, they look at what? That's how they are. That's how vain they can be. So anytime there is an improvement in your place of business or place of ministry, you find that humans move towards it. It's a law of life. Man is moving away from hell towards heaven. So go and improve on whatever you are doing. You are a branch pastor in Ibadan or should go anywhere. If the benches are not working, upgrade. Upgrade. And excellence is a spirit. It's, it's an attitude. It's not that they, they spoke to us in the meeting. You don't paint everywhere and don't paint it for three years. It's a spirit. It's the way you do everything. Even the church services, the flow of the services. You don't do, you don't do praise and worship for two hours on a Sunday morning. As, I mean, there are meetings where you can do extensive worship. But timeliness is key. You you see, um, sometimes we have to balance these things. God operates with systems. That's why the sun rises in the morning and sets in the evening. Not that God just wakes up this morning and says, ah, Nigerians are not good people. The the, the, the sun should not rise in Nigeria. No, no, it's a system. It's a system. It's a system. Predictability enhances followership. There are some airlines, when you are flying them, you can predict the flow. That's why you are flying them. How many of you will go to an airline and they say, uh, we are flying to Paris on, on in the evening uh, from like 7 p.m., sir? <laughs> Anytime you get to the airport, let us know. <laughs> it's a system. Timeliness. Brevity is powerful. So sometimes people say, "Ah, why are services a bit short? I'm not saying you should be rushing your church services. I didn't say that. I'm saying have a system that exudes maturity and predictability, yet with an anointed time. (laughs) So when you are leading worship in our church, and it's time for the next item, no matter how high you have gone, when the next person comes on stage, you lay, you, lay, you, lay, you lay it. <laughs> Do you know? I, I have to be asking for extra time. In the church I founded, you know what that means? To be begging the media people, can you give me five more minutes? Insanity. Power without control is destructive. Any kind of power. So you don't come on the stage and be announcing, uh, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Uh, Brother Antonia, Antonia should see Pastor Tunde after service. For what? Tell everybody. Even people watching online. Brother Antonia, one person. <laughs> Can't you send your PA to search out, Brother Antonia? There's some pastors uh, that when they see a crowd, they lose they lose control. I've been to meetings where ah, they gave this person 30 minutes, but when they see crowd, ah. Hey. <laughs> After 35 minutes, we just start. Eh? <laughs> we just start. I mean, it's a different thing if it's a convention. You have extensive time. All those. I mean, the purpose of every meeting matters. If it's a teaching meeting, it's a teaching meeting. If it's a worship meeting, it's a worship meeting. And this attitude must enter into departments, right? When they're having meetings, is it a one-hour meeting or two-hour meeting? Don't just be doing things like people are not going anywhere. Many of the places we work, if not for systems, they will be prosperous. You click in by 8 a.m. Not that uh, I just feel like I come in by 10 a.m. this morning. System puts your feeling under. Without systems. You can't work in greatness. It's very hard systems. Nations that are working, they have systems working. Under excellence, I want to encourage exposure. (laughs) Exposure helps you to see how things work in other places. It's something I wasn't used to when I, was, when I first started because I have a pattern of ministry that uh, we, we are, I'm jealous of. <laughs> many of the cities in Asia, they copied European cities. I didn't know. Tokyo, Malaysia, many of their cities, they went to Paris many, many decades ago. They went to London and studied it. And they brought it back to their own and adapted it. You can't be in your corner and think you are doing it well. You need exposure for relevance. That thing you think you are doing well, if you go somewhere else, it will shock you. We used to have communion in our church. Communion service would have been taking time for communion, almost 30 minutes for communion up and down. I went to a place 10 minutes. How? Proper. You learn it. Ushers go and learn from other usherings. There are better ways to... Ordinary greeters. I didn't know it's the whole ministry. I thought it was just... Come inside. Come inside. <laughs> Until I saw a book, Greet, uh, Greet, Greeters 101. As a ministry in the US, they do smile test. Smile test to join the greeters. Smile test. Because a smile can disarm an offense. That many people, when they are coming on Sunday morning, many have come with burdens. And psychologically, when you smile, genuine smile, it disarms it. Before the pastor preaches. These are things you have to learn. So not everybody feels greeters. There are some faces, it multiplies the offense. <laughs> 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 now it doesn't mean the person cannot walk in God's house, isn't it? It can be cleaning, it can be doing other things, but it can be standing there. <laughs> Enter time has gone. Second services. We just come, we just do, we just do. Exposure. The protocol team of fountain of life is amazing. Almost like CIA. <laughs> the oppressors, you just wonder how? Go and learn it. So you go Nicodemously and sit down and schedule meetings with their head. Over tea, over tantalizers, and ask questions. Don't remain in mediocrity where you are. Exposure, exposure. How did you guys transit this? A ministry from UK came to our place some last last year with some of their team from UK to ask questions for a whole day. I was, it was I felt I, I felt a bit shy. But I now understood what they were doing. They, they sat asking us, how do you run your office? How do you do this? How do you do that? They brought their team from UK. When you see something in the public, the secret is never in the public. It's always behind. But to get it, you must ask. When I started ministry, you think that shouting is what makes ministry work because of Bishop Boyidepo. You now see someone like Pastor Debo, talking gently. Like, what is this now? I thought it's the shouting that puts him Then you see um, somebody wearing suit and everything. That means that's the answer to everything. you know, not supposed a conductor. What are, what are we going to do about it? That means that's not the secret at all. Systems of operation, new ideas, stop hiding in mediocrity. Go to places. Queen of Sheba said to Solomon, I thought I had everything, but it looks like only what? Half. That means when you are hearing some things about some people and their ministries, you might only be hearing what? Half. Until she came and got the full dose. But it takes humility, ladies and gentlemen, it takes humility. One day I was talking to a pastor. I didn't want to let him know I'm the one asking for the question. I said some pastors came to see me. And they were asking, uh, how did you do this? And I told them, well, I can't give them the answer until you tell me the reading. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ. So when he tells me, I'll still tell them, but I'll still use it myself. Those who ask right questions get fantastic answers. One day I asked my pastor one question. And I wonder, why did you tell me this you didn't ask? Ah! Do I have to ask? Yes. You have to ask. Eh, you have to ask who? So if I didn't ask you, who even tell me this thing? And I'll be suffering like this. Ah, eh, we don't know about because nobody has no ministry. Nobody general was here now. But it takes humility to ask. There are times you can even send one of your lieutenants to go and ask. The wiser you are, the better you live. Finally, this morning, as we enter this new phase, the strategy for implementation of what we are saying is not always what obtains everywhere. Let me let me let's let me say okay. Let's, let's say God gives a ministry a vision that in the next one year you will double in size, or in the next one year you will hit many continents, or something. Now, that is the goal. Now, it's important we ask God for the road map. It's an area that I've missed many years myself. Anytime you see that goal, God said next year, we're going to be times three. You know, it's exciting that wow, times three. That is the end, but there is a road map from where you are to that place. Ah, if you don't get that road map, you can still be shouting that same thing in July. We are going to be times three. And that roadmap cannot be gotten from others in that sense because we must not run a spiritual enterprise as a secular enterprise. That means I can't just copy another church that was times three and say, What did you do? And I, no, no, just work that way. What Moses needed to do to rescue Israel was different from what Jesus Christ needed to do. It looks like a similar assignment, is not it? To deliver them from the hands of Pharaoh or from Satan. But Moses had to implement signs and wonders, right? And then the last one, when Pharaoh's first son died, that was his own roadmap. But for Jesus Christ, you die! So can you imagine if Jesus Christ like said ah, I'm after Moses now, so I'm not going to die. His signs and wonders until Satan leaves them alone. No, no, that was not his own roadmap. So, if there's anything to do in a time of prayer and fasting, is to ask for your roadmap. And this thing is important, not just for churches, even for, even for individuals, families. That, okay, this is what you have shown us. Lord, how do we get from point A to point B? It will shock you the things that God will reveal to you. That is where true success is. That roadmap. That roadmap. That roadmap. That roadmap. That roadmap. That roadmap, and that 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 is where the Holy Spirit comes in, the the one in charge of the church now, is the one engineering leading the church now, he's the one that deploys Paul and Barnabas, he's the one that says, Don't go to Macedonia or don't go to Asia. He's the one, so he's the one you ask what's the roadmap? You are saying that we should have 24 new branches. You are saying that this business should become this Holy Spirit. What is the roadmap? And then begins to give you your own customized instruction. He can tell you, be doing a praise program every month. And somebody else, he will tell the person, be doing a seminar every month. Your roadmap is not my roadmap. But if we can get that roadmap, you know, he told Noah to build an ark. That one is easier to say the main details is the work. How that ark should be built. So that, uh, go and build me an ark. you not get excited. you not enter the forest. In, uh, you should be cutting trees. Any kind of tree. He even gave him the kind of wood to use. And measurement. If he didn't wait for that details, He will sink with the ark. And be saying, boy you showed me. I didn't say you do with palm tree. I never said you use palm tree. <laughs> you go, to go and use palm tree for everything. Palm tree. Because you're in the village. Noah. Gopher wood the kind of wood, the dimensions, how you should pick the male and female, some carry male and enter. You might come out with 24 items in these prayers to get in the roadmap. map. We will not miss it. The preceding message was brought to you by Word Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Word Auditorium, Ital Avenue.